From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. The rumors of the 49ers' demise have been greatly exaggerated, Grant Cohn. <laughs> he called you out, Grant Cohn. He, he did. Garbage. He did. Hey, uh, the Niners oh, played much better this week. Hey, guys, I got a text from Eric Armstead. It says, uh, suck it, Grant Cohn. <laughs> My word. Eric, calm down. Sacramento native. You know, right. From that area. Pleasant Grove. High sup, school. What's up, man? You should, you yeah, should, that one well. should come on the podcast. It's fine. Anyway, yeah, definitely greatly over-exaggerated. Uh, completely full of it, if you ask me. The 49ers came out full force tonight. They really did. Yeah, right off the get-go, um, it was it – was, I actually wrote down the plays because it was one of the, my favorite drives. It's the very first drive of the game. Is They start with the Moser run, and you, you just see the dynamic of Moser getting out there and playing at a you know high level. He's so much faster than everyone else on the field. And then you got the Debo uh, fly sweep slash pass. I know they call it a pass. And it looks like he's down and he just gets up and takes off running 35 yards. Huge play. That was the momentum, I think, that the 49ers needed to get the game going. And then they get Ayuk involved. Swing pass. Boom. Here we go. And then it's the screen pass to Kittle. And it's, you know, the overall touchdown to Debo going around the outside. Some great blocking. He does the dip inside, helps set Kittle's block. He gets outside, has enough speed to get to the edge. Um, set the tone right from the beginning. That drive was fantastic. Kyle Shanahan's been taking heat for his play calling. It was a excellent uh, called drive and a big way to start the Sunday night football game. Yeah, um, right off the start right there, the way the line was coming off the ball and blocking, they just looked like a totally different football team. They almost look reminiscent of last year's team, the way the line was controlling the line of scrimmage from the very beginning. And then after you trade a couple stops back and forth, 49ers get the ball back, and on fourth and two, Kyle decides to go for it, and Jimmy rewards him with a strike, perfectly thrown ball on a slant. George Kittle takes it 44 yards to the house, the Niners are up 14-0. Everyone's going crazy. Yeah, momentum fully on our side. It really felt like maybe we could take the game over, and I was really at that point, I was turning to my brother, and my brother sits there and goes, hey, your, uh, your prediction for the score actually has a chance to come true at this point in time, and I'm like, we get a stop right here. And we did. We got a stop first before they scored. I, we get the ball back, and I'm like, this is the drive right here. We can really seal it and put the nail in the coffin, and then the Rams come right down and just put one in the end zone. Now, it was a great thrown ball there at the end. That, that touchdown pass from Jared Goff was perfectly thrown in the right spot. Woods goes up, makes a play. Jaquiski Tart is in position. Excellent coverage. It, it was wonderful play. coverage, just a better thrown ball and a better catch. It was just better offense beating better def- good defense in that moment in time. Sucks, but overall, that drive was not one. We had a couple. They gashed us there on some runs in that drive. They got the run game going. And you had talked about it all last week that when they're able to get the run game going and you're able to get Goff out of the pocket, let him get on the move, get his feet set, feel comfortable, he can make some throws. And Horson mentioned the same thing, that he's actually a decent quarterback when he gets into a rhythm going offensively, and they got in a rhythm on that drive. 
Yeah, which was kind of surprising because he had zero rhythm to start that game. None at all. One I mean, for seven? Yeah, started, it was so bad just getting it started. And then it kind of looked like they had some life. And the 49ers come right back and get it going again. You know, they they work themselves down the field. Um, you had kind of the scary pass from uh, Jimmy where he tries to throw to Trent Taylor. You can definitely tell Collinsworth is right. He can't plant off that foot. He's doing the sprint right option, and he throws it behind Trent, and Trent Taylor does a great job playing defense. Yep. Um, he's probably better than Brian Allen. Um, but uh, Jimmy comes back on the next play. They have a great play. They motion in Debo, create a bunch set, and then Bourne and Debo Samuel break out, one to the corner and one to the sideline. They take multiple defenders, and Ayuk sits down right where he should be in the zone. And Jimmy finds him, and he makes the catch. That's how you catch the ball, people. Use your hands. Yeah, that was fantastic. And those three scoring drives right there went 75, 85, and 76 yards. The um, Their biggest one of – there were several problems the last couple of games. One of their bigger issues has been being able to string together first downs and stay on the field. And even that first game, I mean, they had the big pass to – most or they've they've kind of they really haven't put many great drives together this year so far. They put together three in the first half, and it showed because they led twenty-one to six at halftime. Um, it looked like they were gonna roll. They looked great in the first half. I was super excited. Um, they came out and kicked off. The Rams drove down, but then they hit. Then they stiffened up and held them to a field goal, which I thought was a pretty big deal to be up 21 to 9, not 21 to 13 or 14. Correct. Absolutely. There's some exchanging going on. Not a lot happens for the rest of the, really the rest of the third quarter, other than the big threat pick on the goal line. Huge. Um, sits down on the, on the flat route and then just drifts right into the, the, the pass from Goff in the little corner out there and makes a play on it. Verrett, you've been saying it for a while, Ant. Horse has been talking him up all summer, all offseason, essentially. I, I was the one that was kind of like unsure of this guy and, and just the things I'd been seeing from him. He's completely turned it around. That man is playing like an all-pro corner right now. It is incredible to watch and desperately needed, desperately needed with Richard Sherman out of the lineup. That play is so big. Number one, Jimmy Ward talked about it in his press conference. He had inside leverage on the play. He's actually beat to the corner, mm -hmm. and Brett is right where he needs to be to make the play. The concentration to get the two feet in. How big is it for Jason Brett, a guy that's coming back from all these injuries, ACLs, uh, Achilles, patella tendon last year, and he's still able to play at a high level. This is just what the 49ers needed. Um, unfortunately, the Niners don't do anything on the next drive. The, the offense came out stagnant, and they really couldn't get the ball down the field because some receivers still struggle to catch. Mr. Kendrick Bourne dropped a big third down play, and that stuffed that drive. And I thought the 49ers had momentum that I think would have taken them um, to a bigger lead, but it was, it was stopped with that drop. Yeah, that was a big play. Like, had the Rams come back and won, that would have been a huge play everyone was looking back at because it hit him square in the hands. There was no reason to not catch that ball. There was no one hitting him. There was no, he just flat dropped it, which does happen, but it was just a huge moment for that to happen. And um, after that, the Niners do get the ball back. 
They go down and kick a field goal. But chance. wait, but why did they kick that field goal? Because well, Jimmy Garoppolo puts his head down and runs that's true. through a defender that, that's true. to get it to a 49-yard field goal. That's true. Jimmy G showing physicality. Physicality, and not, not just that, too, but they talked about it on the – I mean, talk about endearing. I don't see Mullins or Beathard doing something like that in that situation. No. There's Dude, no I, way. No way it happened. I'm not going to lie. When he did it, I almost pooped my pants. <laughs> there's that mo- there was that moment of... I was like, of, Jimmy, no! Oh, yeah. There's that moment of, oh, my God, please don't. Whatever you do here, don't get, don't get hurt. But then at the same time also, it's the you're doing what you feel is necessary in order to put us in a better position to get a W. And and he did it. I mean, that, that field goal puts us in a position at the end of the game where you can play a little softer coverage and bend don't break and just make them if you're going to drive down and score rams you're going to have to eat clock here you're not yeah. getting a big playoff it's going to take two or three minutes and that's going to give you a minute and a half two minutes left and if the offense can just get a first down at the end of the game you're pretty much screwed i think everyone thinks jimmy's a streisand but he was really rocking it in this one. Oh, he really was man he was rocking it in this one they um they get the field goal after Jimmy's um, Derrick Henry-like run. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you, Derrick Henry Fantasy, this week. Um, so they go, they play solid defense, and Goff kind of just throws one up into the end zone from 40 yards out, and Mosley uh, misplays it a little bit. And they score, gives them a little bit of life. And now it's 24-16. They're within a score. And the Niners have to do the other thing they've struggled doing this season, finish out a game. But they did. They did it. Guys, they did it. Run, Ran the ball effectively. Good passing at the end of the game. Great play calls. Didn't take any really big chances. We almost had the big one to check down the sideline, in which Juszczyk just kind of... There's obviously some sort of miscommunication there between Jimmy and Juszczyk. Juszczyk almost felt like he had to sit down, and him and I talked about this a little bit this morning. It looked like he thought he was going to be sitting down and just getting the ball from Jimmy, and Jimmy thought he was going to run down the sideline for a big play. That kind of blew, but overall, the, the, the pass game looked great today. The run game looked fantastic, and the big the big thing for me that came out of it, especially in that last drive, Jermichael Hasty is the guy in the backfield running the ball and running it effectively. And basically, they put the ball in the rookie's hands and said, this is your chance, big boy. Go go, go show us something. And he did. He definitely did there at the end of the game. He showed great vision, patience, made great cuts. Um, that one where they the, the defensive line washed through and he cut back right behind uh, Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. with a fantastic read, the jump yeah. cut, um, pressing to the line of scrimmage and then making that cut. That's exactly how it's taught. It's fantastic. He looked good. Uh, he looks fast, real fast. He has quick twitch. I thought that definitely the 49ers saw a glimpse in the future, and I think they definitely have to make sure they keep hold of him going forward. I don't, oh, think, yeah. I don't think he even goes, goes back down to the practice floor. And if you guys want to know, watch our video about should the 49ers protect Jermichael Hasty. We did it a few weeks ago. Protect him. Protect weeks ago, we knew this was coming. That's true. Weeks ago, we knew this was coming, and you all you all probably thought He's we so were... so good that they got rid of Salvon Ahmed. It's true. They did get rid of Salvon Ahmed. I don't know if that's why they thought that's why they got rid of him, but at the end of the day... He's a heck of a practice squad player. <laughs> He's one heck of a practice squad player. You all thought we were probably being homers. We told you. We're not being homers. We just know this stuff, man. Right. We just know this stuff. And the soft player, or in this case, ref of the week, is that stupid refing group. They sucked. They were terrible. 
The McKinnon play where they said he fumbled was absolutely ridiculous. I cannot believe that these guys are NFL refs. I mean, come on. Their scab is better than these guys' horse. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, it takes Pop Warner refs less of a huddle to tell you who jumped off sides. That's right. I mean, it was terrible. That happened twice, too. The one was ridiculously long, like two minutes, where Chris Collinsworth was like, what is going on? <laughs> How can you guys not the, figure this out? The first one, or the other one, still was like 30 seconds of them talking. And then they show the video, and it's clear as day. One was on the Niners. It's clear as day on that one that Javon Kinlaw jumped off sides. And on the second one, it's clear as day that I think it was Leonard Floyd from the Rams jumped off sides. No one on the Niners even moved. And the refs over there talking about what they're going to have for dinner after the game. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. And I want to go back to the one that you had brought up with the fumble because the fumble one uh, was insane because even even if that were the case, it's obvious that McKinnon was giving himself up. They had this rule earlier in the game with, with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers where Aaron Rodgers gave himself up and therefore it wasn't a touchdown. I mean, this is a this is a rule that's supposed to be known around the league by all of these guys, and it obviously isn't isn't applied evenly or even understood properly. But even even if you take that aside, he was touched on the head. Yeah. And and they came out of a TV timeout, and they still had it wrong. Yeah. That's insane to me. How you could come out of a TV timeout with all the technology and camera angles they got mm. on the field and miss that he was touched before he went down. It's it's. By the way, folks, if you don't understand the ruling, the whole like, not being a fumble, even though no one touched him, there is a rule in there that if you hit the ground and then make no attempt to advance, that it's the same idea as a quarterback sliding. You gave yourself up. So him flipping the ball up after that would not be a fumble anyways because he gave himself up. Now, what was scaring me was when they said that is not reviewable. Oh, and geez. so if I missed that no point. one would have glanced off his helmet, that would have been a fumble it's because true. giving yourself up is not reviewable. Shanahan was losing his mind. Dude, under, he under, almost, you, could, you almost couldn't tell that he was losing his mind because the mask, you know, and everything. Oh, the, but he uh, was yeah. being very animated. Yeah, I think I think he can um, thank the COVID and the, the city of Santa Clara for protecting him from getting fined by the league because they can't read his lips. <laughs> um, but he was definitely losing his mind, body language, everything was... And you know what? That ref deserved it. It was terrible. That was really bad. I mean, it was the, really the, bad. That, that falls on the whole crew, though, because someone has to have a, a viewpoint there to, to see it, or someone yeah. has to watch the big screen. Up there. It's not like they had fans there to distract them from watching the big screen and seeing <laughs> him get touched on his head multiple times from multiple different angles. You think one of them's like, don't look at it. Don't look at don't it. Look at it. Don't look at it. We're not supposed to have an opinion. No, we just wait for the NFL to tell us what to do. Oh, gosh. If you enjoyed the Niners' victory over the Rams as much as we did, then come hang out with us. Like, comment, and subscribe, and make sure you hit that notification button to see more of my pretty face. We just lost subscribers. We just did. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Social Blade is back. It's it's back. They have live counts of subscribers again, and we're going downhill fast. And now we got our player comparisons. We're going to talk about some players from each team at each position and talk about how they matched up. Mine is obviously going to be our quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Jared Goff, in which Jimmy G definitely comes out of this with a big fat W. He played significantly better than Goff did in terms of completion percentage, yardage, 
and touchdown passes, and also just decisions from the red zone, seeing as, you know, Jared Goff decided to throw one up for Jason Brett to go snag. Uh, Jimmy just looked good this, good this week. 124.3 QBR, um, uh, excuse me, quarterback rating. His QBR was 90.3. Um, he was making good throws. I know he can't fully plant on that ankle, but he can plant enough now to get throws going in the right direction. They showed a side-by-side -side comparison of him last season, the, the Dolphins game, and then tonight, and you could see against the Dolphins how very gingerly he was pushing that ankle down on the, on the turf and really just didn't want to be on the ground in any way whatsoever, shape, or form. Um, we all said as much last week during the recap show that it just looked like Jimmy's not 100% healthy yet. Uh, he's not 100%, but he's good enough now that he can go out there and make the throws that he needs to make for us to have success. My key comparison is going to be Kyle Shanahan versus uh, McVay. Obviously, NBC was pushing this really big. It was the mastermind versus the guru and all of the things that they had to say. Um, I thought overall, though, that uh, Kyle Shanahan definitely came out with a win on this. Uh, the way he schemed the game to get the ball out of Jimmy's hands fast. They spread the Rams defense horizontally and he made lots of plays um, for his team. He got guys wide open and it was uh, very nice to see. I thought that Kyle Shanahan really really quieted all the naysayers if you have something bad to say about this game plan it just means you're being a hater at this point i think a lot of guys are still talking about the fact they don't push it downfield but they did they took a couple of shots deep to brandon Ayuk, um you know and they had some other deep passes that were maybe dropped but i thought overall the game plan was superb get the hand and uh get the ball in the hand of the playmakers let them make plays i thought mcveigh came out and they really didn't do what they've done to be successful against the Fortnite in the past they didn't roll the pocket. They didn't move it. Um, and I think that the 49ers were prepared for that. That's why I seen Greenlaw come off the edge early. I seen Alshair come off the edge late as far as the bootlegs. They stopped the bootlegs. So um, good job by the 49ers overall. Kyle Shanahan, big dub against Mr. McVay. So my player comparison for the week is Rams receiver Cooper Cup and the football. Because... Cooper Cup had the opportunity to make a couple big plays and forgot how to catch the football. He had the one down the middle, down the seam, a deep ball. Either Goff threw it to the wrong side or turned, or he turned to the wrong side. Now, to me, that's on the receiver to make that adjustment on a ball in flight and make the play. He dropped it. No points for them. <laughs> then he had the other one when he was running the out route towards the sideline and Ends him. He had gotten a little bit out in front of Mosley. Goff put it out there. He was concentrating on keeping his feet in. All it took was a nice shove in the back from Mosley, and he dropped the ball. So two plays that Cooper Cup could have made, he literally dropped the ball on. He did. He literally dropped the ball, and uh, we greatly appreciate it here on the podcast. That's right. We really do. Thanks, Cooper. Appreciate it, man. Good job. And now it's time for those offensive key matchups. Ant, we're going to start with you, buddy. What did you have for yours this week? I had the 49ers uh, passing game against the secondary for the Rams. And I thought overall the 49ers took advantage of the Rams. I thought that they needed coming in to be creative with the game plan. It definitely was creative. They used all kinds of fly sweeps and swing passes to, to get the defense to go horizontal. And then they took advantage of some of the slants. I had talked about possibly some RPOs. 
and that was the kind of look that they were getting. They took advantage of these guys. They made they just went away from wherever Jalen Ramsey was, and the 49ers uh, receivers got it done. Kendrick Bourne had a couple of big catches. You had Debo going for uh, six catches for 66 yards, and you know they got George Kittle involved. So it was nice to see a big win for the 49ers on this. They definitely showed that Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. He can get guys wide open and stick to the game plan. It'll work, guys. Just keep it going. Let's go. My key matchup for this week going in was the 49ers' offensive line's ability to block Aaron Donald. I would say that was a definite success. Aaron Donald had two tackles, only one solo tackle, and a quarterback hit that was late that they didn't call. Um, He did not really make an impact on the game whatsoever. In fact, every time the announcers would talk about him, he was standing over there on the sideline crying. Um, He did not play very well. He did not have his best game. That's one of the worst games I've ever seen him have that I've sat there and watched. So kudos to those front guys, especially Brunskill. Did a great job on him. Made me look smart. He did make you look smart. He really did. You, we can cut that out. It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, anyway, but he, he did. He looked really good. But the O-line communication as well was spot on today. They were communicating at, at, a, at a great level. There weren't really any missteps, any missed blocking assignments, no blown pickups on blitzes. Guys knew where they were supposed to be. They were there all game long. That was my key matchup was that O-line communication. And it's a big old fat dub, boys. It's a big win. That's huge. We needed it. We needed it bad. And also, shout out to uh, all-pro offensive lineman uh, Daniel Brunskill. Whenever he plays against Aaron Donald, it's incredible. Yeah, it really is. I thought that the 49ers offensive line did a fantastic job as far as the communication. You're right. Horse, Horse was harping on them as well this week. And they definitely stepped up. After all the heat they've taken, you know, the, them calling for McGlinchey's job and saying he's terrible. Trent Williams don't have it no yeah, more. Trent Williams don't that. have it. For those of you who didn't pay attention to the line that much during the game, I encourage you to go back and watch either a 22 film or a long highlight. Big Mike there and Trent Williams, they heard you. <laughs> yeah. They heard you call <laughs> they, for their job. They shut everybody up this week. Because Big Mike was putting people on their backs over and over, as was Trent Williams. That's true. Big Mike, like blindside Big Mike? or No, the good one. Oh. oh. The one that doesn't attack cab drivers. Oh. This week, Straight Beast Offensive Player of the Week is the entire 49ers offensive line, consisting of Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Ben Garland, Daniel Brunskill and Big Mike McGlinchey will even throw Ronis Grassu and Justin Skulabone. They both played a few plays. And maybe some love to uh, George Kittle and Ross Dwelly. No. Just George Kittle? Just George Kittle. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, sorry, Ross. I bud there cut you. Yeah. Um, I know. But a they, negative seven for Debo Samuel. Nope. No love. Yeah, they did a, those guys did a great job. Pass protection, run block. They were aggressive all day. Trent Williams really was back looking like his all-pro self. McGlinchey played like he heard all the stuff you guys were talking for the last couple weeks. And Daniel Brunskill did an amazing job against Aaron Donald and pass pro. That was as good as I've ever seen that guy play. Um, just big ups to the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. 
fantastic top to bottom. I think Horse and I, you, you and I were both on the same page in terms of that needing to be a key matchup and the key thing that we had to win. And you've been harping on it basically since the second week of the season once once Mostert went down and it just didn't look like the run game was there. Uh, they stepped up in a big way. They stepped up in a huge way. They looked like the team, they the offensive line they were last year. Now let's just keep that momentum going and continue to look like that. All pro Daniel Brunskill, stay a thing. Just be a thing from now on. Don't don't save it for Donald all, all the time. One thing that's real evident is that Jimmy's back because Jimmy was getting them into the right uh, plays. He was make, helping make the right blocking adjustments and you could tell the game plan they came out with. Can, go, can. Can, can. Um, if you guys hear him saying can, can, and you don't know what that means, what it is is they're canning the first play that was called in the huddle, and they're going to the second one. So they come out of the huddle with at least two plays, and then he's canning the first one to go to the second one. So if you hear him say can, can, put his hands up like this, that's what's happening. It doesn't mean it's going to be a run or a pass, but that's what's going on. Um, but the game plan was awesome because they didn't throw one single thing at Aaron Donald. They threw a bunch. You know, sometimes it was a double team with McGlinchey. Sometimes it was with Garland. Sometimes Daniel Brunskill was on his own. When they moved Donald outside, he, he couldn't get past McGlinchey easily. They did a good job of making sure that he was locked down and that they, they played in a, a really high level. I, I thought that the game plan was awesome. Coaches did a fantastic job of making sure they knew where 99 was at all times and taking advantage of it. And I think that Jimmy G being back and putting him in the right situations, um, what well, just goes into that. And that's part of the reason that they've looked bad with some of the communication is a lot of the communication has to be, be the right play, the right blocking. And that really looked like it was back in order. So it was nice to have QB1 back. Absolutely. Great to have QB1 It's always back. nice to have QB1 back. Always. I'm with you. You know why? Because there ain't no sunshine when he's gone. <laughs> Only darkness <laughs> every day. <laughs> ain't no sunshine at all, guys. Love you, Jimmy. <laughs> what did the 49ers do right in this game, and what is the biggest change you thought made the 49ers successful in this game? Let us know in the comment section down below. I, I know. What? They scored more points than the other team. Yeah, but they scored a lot more points against the New York team. That's true. But those those aren't really football There's teams. only one there's only know. one problem. They're not any good. <laughs> you gotta win this week. They both got wins this tank. week? Yeah, tank. Oh, they're both tanking. That's that's No, true. one's not tanking. Daniel Jones is the truth. Not really, but um <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Those four New York teams. They got they got one guy it's, they got one coach who they all thought was supposed to be Judge Joe Brown and then they got another guy who doesn't know what football is. Tank for Trevor's real with the Jets. I don't know, man. They might trade away the first round pick for like Hieronis Grasu or something if we're if we're lucky. Adam Gase is that dumb. You seen his eyes? Why do you hate him? <laughs> he's the worst. He's awful, man. You hate him because he's got Super Bowl rings and you don't. I I mean I did he earn this? Did he earn? I was gonna say, did he earn that Super Bowl ring, or did he just kind of exist there and like, hey, Peyton, you got this? And in all honesty, they didn't really do anything. The offense didn't do anything in that Super Bowl with Manning. It was mostly the defense. Well, yeah, he got carried to a Super Bowl just like Peyton did. And at least Peyton could acknowledge it. Adam Gase is trying to make a career out of it. My word, Almighty. He's the Ben Russo football. Ben <laughs> Russo football. And this is a perfect segue because while we're on defense, we might as well talk about defensive key matchups, right, boys? Mm -hmm. My defensive key matchup for this week was basically our DBs versus Jared Goff. And our DBs showed up in a big way. It's crazy. It's almost like when you don't have a, a dumpster fire out there covering people, you're all right. Jason Verrett is looking like an all-pro. 
Emmanuel Mosley looking like Emmanuel Mosley before he got hit in the head by his own teammate. It's wonderful. I love to see it. There really weren't guys breaking free other than the one deep pass at the end of the game, which was really just a throw up. Uh, Mosley looked fantastic. Jawiski Tart looked great until the, the groin injury kind of happened and we had to go with Tavares Moore and even Tavares Moore looked, looked great back there. It's really exciting to see some of these young guys stepping in and playing at a high level. They really went after Jamar Taylor early, especially in the slot early in the game, and he held up pretty strong. Uh, the DB core looks great. I'm excited to see what they look like once we get Richard Sherman. By the way, Marcel Harris actually made a few plays as well. He had that nice pass breakup down the along the sideline. Let's not get into Marcel Harris. Uh oh I don't want this episode to get negative. Ooh. Sorry, Marcel. <laughs> we apologize. And what did you have for your key matchup this week? Um... I had the 49ers' entire defense making a concerted effort to stop the Rams' uh, rushing attack. And for the most part, they did fine, but I thought the Rams still were able to execute the, the run game. They rushed for over 100 yards. Um, some of that was, you know, some intriguing runs with Robert Woods and then the, the nice, you know, scramble by Goff. That's still something the 49ers have to account for moving forward. Um, but I think that the 49ers uh, did okay. They, they, Fred Warner and Gray Greenlaw made great um, plays. Warner's flying all over the field. He's definitely going to be an all-pro this year. So I think those are the, the key things that we see moving forward, and that's what they're going to need because next week they got the all-running quarterback, Mr. Cam Newton. So hopefully the 49ers can uh, continue to bottle this uh, run game up. My defensive key matchup was the 49ers DNs and D-line keeping Jared Goff in the pocket. And I was hoping they could apply some pressure from the interior. Didn't really happen. Once again, we had Kerry Hyder get a few pressures. Maybe Armstead. Deion Jordan got a quarterback hit, according to this guy. And that happened. not much else. Luckily, it felt like McVay kept Jared Goff in the pocket this he week. He did. And... So I'm going to take a victory. <laughs> and I would like to say on the Deion Jordan one that the reason that Deion Jordan was able to get the hit was Kinlaw actually had pressure right up the middle and Goff stepped to the side and then Deion Jordan. I actually remember that. Oh, that was at, towards the end of the game. It was a nice play. I remember that play now. I do. Deion Jordan, congratulations. Blocked field goal. He did too. He did. Oh, yeah. block extra point. Blocked extra point. Apologies. I appreciate that in fantasy, by the way. It's time. The block is hot, boys, and this week there is nobody hotter than that cornerback out there. Jason freaking Verrett, dude. Holy cow, this man is playing lights out right now. And how are you feeling about his performance? Very, very, very excited about this. Um, he's a local guy, so big ups to him. I'm, I'm really happy to see it, especially with all the naysayers saying that he wasn't going to be able to do anything all during the offseason. I heard, why is this guy even on the roster? Why did they sign him? Now you see why. To the people that I said that I saw that wrote, um, finally he showed up. Finally. He's been one of the best cornerbacks in the league for the last four weeks. It's time to jump on the Verrett train. PFF have hit him and Emmanuel Mosley ranked in the top 20. He's a good corner, guys. Get ready. It's going to be all year. When Sherman gets back, it's going to be scary for everyone else. Lights out. Listen to me. I told you guys in the summer that Jason Verrett, and by you guys, I don't mean these two guys. I mean listeners, that Jason Verrett was going to have a big year. 
Jason Verrett was probably the most important player on the defense this side of Fred Warner yesterday. And he was absolutely locked down just like he's been the last four weeks. And he's going to continue it. I think he's going to be a pro bowler this year. Jason Verrett had a huge game. Interception. The big diving deflection on third down. I'm all in on Jason Verrett. Big time. Everyone here on this podcast is all in on Jason Verrett. And I just want to point out one more time. Grant Cohn, I thought we didn't address uh, DB in the offseason. You freaking jabroni. Of course we addressed it in the offseason. You just didn't see it coming. Still looks like he smells like... Censored again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that one. That one's okay. Sorry, that, that last week, this week, it's just you can't catch a break, man. On these, I apologize. Really can't. Poor guy. He's also got a larger than average mouth, and it's annoying. He does have. He does have that. He, he does have a big mouth, but Eric Armstead put him in his place for that, so it's fine. It's all good. Now the 49ers are back in the win column. Everyone's getting excited, but now they got to take the trip to Foxborough. So we are going to break down, the ultimate breakdown lets you know what the 49ers need to do to beat the Patriots, how Jimmy G can return to New England and get the victory. Can Shanahan beat Belichick? It's going to be a cool matchup to watch. Of course, what do you think? You know, it's going to be a big game this week. I'm super excited. I mean, I'm sure Jimmy's had this one circled on his calendar since he's, since the schedule came out. If you go to Gillette Stadium and Bill Belichick is there and Robert Kraft still owns the team, it's quite a rub to beat them. And and they're going, and I really think they can. Cam Newton's a good player. He's not Tom Brady. I think the Niners have a big time chance to show the NFL that they're back by, you know, just rubbing it all in the Patriots' faces this week. I'm getting word that stays. My word. That, that, was, right. that was very lathered. Oh. <laughs> oh, my word, man. Y'all, y'all are on one today. I love it. Can you give this podcast a happy ending, please? <laughs> I, I can do my best. Here we go. Truth of the matter is, we're three and three again. We're right back in the driver's seat, at least of controlling our own destiny and not needing to rely on teams to screw one up or drop a game that you don't expect him to drop. Um, It's the perfect opportunity for us to go in and solidify ourselves. This is a big game. As much as it is a big game for Jimmy G, it is just as big of a game this upcoming week for Friday show, our preview show for Kyle Shanahan, because the the ghosts of giving up that lead still slightly fall on his shoulders. And he's got to feel somewhat responsible for that. And then last year in the Super Bowl, same sort of thing. This is, this is a, a game for him to exercise some demons and get that monkey off of his back and kind of just solidify himself as one of the most elite coaches, best game planners, schemers offensively in the league against one of the best of all time defensively in, in Bill Belichick. It's an opportunity to, to get ourselves not just going on the right track, but confident again and feeling like we're one of the best teams in the league against a really sound defense that still has the Stephon Gilmore out there and the McCourty brothers as well as Cam Newton, who up until this last week um, has been playing at an elite level for the for the Patriots. And I assume not being at practice and dealing with the COVID is probably part of the reason that Cam Newton struggled as much as he did this week. He's not going to be dealing with that. They got a full bore, full bore, all practice, all week Cam Newton. We're going to get the Patriots' best shot. 
and we're going to give you our best as well. That's right. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel. We'd really appreciate it. We're only six away from 100, and you can help us get there. Help us get there before Friday's episode. It'd be really big for us. Big time. Big time. Smash that like button too while you're down there. Let's try and get this thing up into the 20s this week for likes on the video. We'd really appreciate that as well. It helps the podcast. Horst, you got anything for us to sign us out of here? No, just thanks, guys, for tuning in. Be ready for the big game this week. Make sure you tune in on Friday. Tune right, in, guys. boys. All right, you know what time it is. Chalk another one up. Rest in peace, Michael. <laughs> Rest in peace. He's not dead. He just wasn't very good. <laughs>